The views and opinions expressed on the following program are those of the program host and guests and do not necessarily represent the views of Western Carolina University or radio station WWCU. Hello and welcome to the Public Affairs Program. Our subject today, the Nantahala Health Foundation. The Nantahala Health Foundation is committed to collaborating with organizations to build capacity and address areas that significantly affect the health and well-being of all people in the community they serve. Nantahala Health Foundation, a public 501c3 nonprofit, is a successor foundation charged with improving the health, wellness, and overall quality of life for those living in the westernmost regions of Western North Carolina, including Cherokee, Clay, Graham, Jackson, Macon, and Swain counties, as well as the Koala Boundary. Having evolved from the sale of Mission Health System to HCA, Nantahala Health Foundation is overseen by a board of directors reflecting the diversity of six counties. This diversity is demonstrated in where they live, their expertise regarding the social determinants of health, as well as by race and gender. My guest today is the executive director of the Nantahala Health Foundation, Lori Bailey. Lori Bailey has had more than 25 years of experience working to project, equip, and empower our most vulnerable citizens. A native of Western North Carolina, Lori holds a Bachelor's of Arts in Sociology degree from the University of North Carolina, Asheville. After receiving her BA degree, Lori worked for 12 years in various public and non-for-profit roles covering the Asheville and broader Western North Carolina region in positions working to support individuals with intellectual developmental disabilities and mental illness the aging caregivers for those individuals. This work included mobilization and empowerment of recipients of public mental health services to have a voice in state-level system reform efforts. Today, we'll be talking about the Nantahala Health Foundation and taking a deeper dive into what they do and a little bit about their history. Thanks for listening. Can you give me the information about... uh the Nantahala Health Foundation and what you do on a daily basis. Okay, well, um, let me start by giving you a little bit of our history um, because we are a fairly new organization. We were started as one of the legacy foundations after the sale of the Mission Hospital System. And we were established with the priority of addressing the social determinants of health. So those are the different aspects and circumstances of where we live, work, and play, and how those circumstances affect our health and well-being. That's what social determinants of health are. And we do that for the westernmost region of North Carolina. Our region covers the six westernmost counties, which are Clay County, Cherokee, Graham, Macon, Jackson, Wayne, and then also the Koala Boundary. As far as our work, we seek to be a catalyst for innovative community initiatives, especially designed to improve the health and well-being of the people that call this region home. And we do this primarily through our own grant making, through leveraging funding from other sources and connecting people from our area to other opportunities and also other capacity building with and among our nonprofit and public agency organizations. They work very diligently already across our region, and we just seek to connect them and facilitate additional collaboration and innovation in areas that can move us toward improved well-being. That sounds amazing. 
Can you talk about who comes to you for grants? So our grants currently are restricted to public agencies and also our nonprofits in our community. We do provide additional support for collaboration among other sectors, but our direct grant making is currently restricted to those entities. So again, public agencies and nonprofit organizations. Okay, and um, is there any grants that may be more valuable or opportunistic than others? Well, that's a hard question because it really depends upon the organization and what their needs are. Let me start by just talking a little bit about our grant making and you know, sort of what we do because we strive to support the full spectrum of grant making activities. So that would include our own grant making, but also a key priority for us, as mentioned earlier, is leveraging other funding. And that can include um, using our grants as match money or seed money, um, but also connecting others to funding of other funding opportunities and support for grant writing that can bring in additional resources. So when you ask about what's more valuable or opportunistic, I would see it not necessarily from the standpoint of a larger amount, particularly from us, but the project being one that can leverage additional dollars and promote collaboration so that we can move the needle in the areas of health and well-being that we're wanting to do. Within our own grant making, we currently have two grant cycles per year. One is a smaller grant with a cap of about $10,000. That's called our Nimble Grant, and it's usually within the spring, and that was just the application window for that for the 2021 year was just completed. The maximum amount for that is $10,000, but it's a more simple grant application process and project, and the idea for that is that, that those monies would be used for more immediate purchases, or again, maybe as match money for a larger grant or government funding, those types of things. And then in the fall, we have our second grant cycle, which is a larger grant cycle. Um, as far as funding opportunities, an organization could seek up to $50,000 in that cycle currently. But that is a little bit more complex, and we are looking for innovative projects through those grants and also it requires collaboration with other providers i understand so you have a really nice website and it has lots of tabs that show you different parts of your organization and one of them refers to nhs announcing its life cycle approach to building a healthy community can you speak more on that sure yeah i'd be glad to Recognizing the developmental origins of health, we believe that early prevention and investment strategies can mitigate both individual and community health concerns later on. So prevention and early intervention at every stage of life obviously produces better outcomes. As we have worked with our communities um, to set priorities for our investments over the past two years, 
we worked um, really hard to identify the points along the life cycle, like where additional innovation or investment is needed to have deeper and more sustained impact over time. Probably the best way to talk about that is to give you some examples. So healthcare access across all health disciplines is critically important. And without access to preventative health, all healthcare becomes driven by crisis. So there again, if we can emphasize access to health early on, then there's less likelihood of those crisis situations. Similarly, lifelong learning opportunities, starting with quality early childhood education opportunities, provides the foundation for a healthy, productive life throughout the lifespan. And then as individuals move beyond their primary educational years, employment and economic security become more imperative. And with that security, we know that people are able to provide better for their families. They're able to contribute to the well-being of the surrounding community. They age more healthfully, and they can pass on those gifts of well-being to future generations. And so that's, you know, sort of how we approach it from, from the standpoint of early, you know, our investment in preventative measures, or in investments that can increase quality education or increase economic opportunity, better situate individuals and families in our region to have improved health and wellness throughout their individual lives, which then just contributes to greater community well-being, future generations being healthier, and it just um, is an ongoing again, life cycle um, results and outcome after you've taken that approach. Oh, this is some phenomenal feedback, Lori. Um, I know you're running short on time. I just have uh, one, maybe two more questions. I was going to say, can you speak on stories of success and if there's anything else you feel is important for the listeners to hear about the Nanahela Health Foundation? Sure. So as far as stories of success, I will say that um, it's been a pretty challenging year as it has been um, for everyone and this was really our first full year of our plans to connect with our community and really begin that work of being the catalyst so we've had to pivot a little bit in what we're doing but I feel like we've been successful in in doing that along with our community partners you know our success is really um, through the success of others and so I would just like to talk a little bit about what we've supported and what our partners have been able to accomplish through our support. Early in the pandemic we were instrumental in making sure that our region had the needed personal protective equipment and the information that they needed to face the pandemic head-on. We have and still continue to provide funding through our grant cycles again we provide funding to support our local nonprofits and public agencies as they pivot to address the impact of COVID because we know that that's going to take some time to, <laughs> to um, sort of move out of. We have supported the expansion of food provided to low-income families, which has been critical. Um, it's critical in our region at all times, but it's become more critical over the past year with the COVID impact on employment. We've also supported the expansion of delivery of food to seniors and that were at much greater risk of illness this past year. 
We have provided support that facilitated homeless individuals being able to move into permanent housing. We have supported the startup and strengthening of community paramedic programs to provide enhanced community health care services. We've supported organization on the front lines of addressing the domestic violence and the opioid epidemic. And we have invested in early childhood education, innovative youth educational opportunities, some expanded technical education facilities, and other enhanced opportunities to strengthen our local workforce. And we've also ensured access to health services through health services such as dentistry, medication assistances, school-based nursing support, and hospice services. And these just really name a few of the areas of success that we have seen throughout our region due to our support. And that support has, in addition to direct funding, has also been some of that other capacity building work that we've done. Well, that sounds amazing. I really appreciate your time and you taking time to get prepared for these questions. I know uh, that's a lot of information and uh, that that's just so great for this program. Wonderful. I, okay. I just would like to express appreciation to you for choosing us as your project and am thankful that you're trying to help us get the word out about all that we do. Great. All right. Thank you so much for your time. That wraps up today's public affairs program. This has been Lori Bailey, the executive director of the Nantahala Health Foundation. And I just want to give her a special thank you and shout out for working with us here at Western Carolina University. Join us next time when we take a deep dive into a local nonprofit on our next public affairs program. This has been Bryson Rodier.